0: You're listening to the Radical Disruption podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Disruption. Today's guest is Shay, and Shay is a CFO, financial strategist, and owner of Centure Financial, a financial management firm for women by women, and their main goal is to help clients get good with money, know their numbers, and retain their wealth. And in today's episode, we dive into using AI to scale your business. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest with me here today, Shay. I actually was just looking before I hopped into Zencaster to record this. I was looking at a specific Instagram post where you started talking about AI, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to bring her onto the podcast so we can talk about AI. And in your caption, I just loved this so much. You said, the landscape of how business is done is being changed right before our eyes. You can be a bystander or a trailblazer. Either way, your industry and how you make money will forever evolve. Right there, I was like, mic drop. I'm like, okay, we need to get her on the podcast right now. So we're talking all things AI. But before we jump into that, give me a rundown on you, Shay. Like, what are all the deets? How did you get to where you are? Give me your story, all of the juicy details.
1: Yes, and that's one of my favorite posts. And I've had so many people like reach out to me about that, of, like being speaking and all that. And it's so funny because I'm like, I spoke on finance for so long and obviously people love it. It helps. But when you speak on AI and the power that it has, people are like, no, we need to talk about this because it's happening at such a rapid pace that I feel like more of us need to talk about it. But of course, let's do the intro. I can't be rude. I am Shava Connie. I am a CFO, a financial strategist. I am also the owner of Center Financial, which is a financial management firm for women in business um, our primary goal is to really be able to help our clients organize and manage and grow their money so a lot of the times clients come to us really with a business that is scalable that's doing good but they're like i don't know what to do with my money like i've done what i was supposed to i made the 10k i made the 15 the 50k and now what do i go from here and so we are really able to help them be able to scale and maximize their revenue i really got my start in corporate America. Um, But before that, I always say like my when you look at life, it's like a full circle moment because my dad worked in Chicago Stock Exchange pretty much most of my life. Um, My mom worked in corporate accounting. So I never thought I would be into this. But now looking at my life full circle, I'm like, okay, well, I guess it was kind of meant for me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> because we've always, even in our households, we would always talked about finance. We always talked about stocks and business. And it was just kind of like a norm, normal thing to talk about. But like I said, I got my start in corporate America at 18 years old. I started off as an admin and really started to climb the corporate ladder, played the corporate game. I was lucky enough to have a lot of women in executive positions and c C-suite positions take a liking to me. And they were really able to help become like mentors and me in some capacity, which really helped me a lot. And especially now of how I run my business, because I really respect that community and that mentorship aspect, because I was able to have someone that I not only saw in that C-suite position, but took a liking to say, Hey, you know, you come here, I'll take you under my wing and show you how this thing all works. So I worked in corporate accounting. But after I was mentored by the CAO and the CFO of the company, I was able to kind of like jump around and she really introduced me to other people within the company. So I worked in sales commissions for a while. I did investor relations, which if you're not familiar, it's like public relations, but it's for the investor. So instead of talking to the public, you are talking to the investors and the people and the board members. Then um, I also worked with FPNA for a little bit, which is financial planning and analysis, which is kind of like what we do for clients now, where you really look at the financial data as a whole and really say, okay, based on this information, here's where the company should go from there. And really Kind of jumping around helped me be able to look at finance and corporate finance from a bird's eye view to say, okay, this is really how corporate and business finance works. Cause it's such a big engine that you don't really know all the moving parts until you see it really from a bird's eye view. And so that's really what helped me be able to do that for clients. I got my first client literally from a cold email. It was a woman that I knew in business. I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I would love this. Is all I do at my corporate job, I would love to do this for you. She said, Yes. And it literally kind of took off from there within the first year, I got all my clients from word of mouth. And it wasn't until like after COVID where I'm like, okay, maybe I should be on socials. Like a lot is happening in this world, and I need to be on social media. And here we are four years later, we have so many clients under our belt, we manage over $8 million a month. So it's just really kind of taken a life of its own. That is absolutely
0: wild. I I like, I can see exactly what you're saying, like how all these different pieces have kind of led you to where you are today. And I feel like looking back on my journey, I feel the very same way. Like at the time I was like, Oh, I'm doing this. And like, this kind of seems random that I'm like doing all these different things. But now I'm like, looking back, I'm like, but like this little thing gave me like this skill that I use now today. And like, I, I just love that so much. Okay. I just want to dive straight into this. This is... Let's go. I I, I feel like this is kind of a, I don't want to say like tough topic, but like people have a lot of different opinions around AI. I just want to dive straight into it. Give me your opinion on AI. There's a lot of people out there who are like anti-AI. They're like, do not use it. There are people who are like, use it every single day. (laughs) Like, Where are you at in that spectrum and
1: why? Okay. So first, let's start off with the bad because let's just get that out there. Things that people are scared of. Um, I do think AI has some serious dangers ahead. Let's start off with deepfakes. I mean, I've seen even now, for those that don't know, deepfake is basically where someone could pretend to be Maya, someone could pretend to be me, and put on a whole show on TikTok or Instagram, and it's not really representative of our brand. And this is obviously detrimental for several reasons. People could pretend to be you, which we see happen all the time. And then obviously the scary thing of robots and AI taking over. I do think that it does have the capacity to go Left very, very quickly, but also we could say the same thing about the internet, which it has. Uh, We could say the same thing about the iPhone, which it has. Like the iPhone has connected so many people together, like me and you have been connected together just through the virtual and online space. But there's also some really bad things that have happened with the phone. People have, you know, way more mental health issues. There's way more danger and harm going on um, in the world just through the use of phone and technologies. I mean, the dark web now is just like this sick, scary place. But whatever there's good, there's also going to be bad. And we have to realize like, okay, you can either be scared and fearful of the bad, or you can say, you know what, I can't change that. Or maybe you can, maybe you could be the person that advocates and help change for the bad that's coming. Or you can say, okay, here's all the good that's coming with AI. Let me get on that part. Let me get, you know, join that trail. Because either way, it's happening. Like, we can't change this. And I know sometimes when I post about AI, people, especially on TikTok, kind of, like, feel some sort of way or just kind of, like, up in the air about it. And it's, like, I did not invent AI. Like, I didn't invent (laughs) any of these things. Like, I'm just saying, here's where it's going. You're either going to be a part. Or you're going to be a bystander and be late to the party. Either way, it's going to happen, guys. Like Whenever you see these big, giant companies like Apple and Microsoft, the people that literally really have a huge stake in the economy, in the U.S. economy anyway, and you see them on this bandwagon of AI, you have to understand this is the direction that it's going. So get in line. Be a trailblazer. Be early to the party. Learn it. So that way, all the benefits that's going to come from it, you're one of the first to benefit from it because you being scared and saying, okay, I don't like it. I think there's so much bad with it. It's not going to benefit you in any capacity, like in any way, shape or form. So of course, be aware of the dangers that come with it because there are going to be a lot of them, but also there's going to be so much good that comes out of it. Like, I think that we're going to have such an influx of creatives and millionaires and freelancers. And I dare say billionaires, I just made a post on that yesterday that you're going to see a lot of eight figure companies come out of this because- We are in a space where we no longer have to do the grunt work that was once required in business. Like Now, all the stuff that we had to do to accomplish, let's say, 10 to 20K within those first, let's say, two to five years, you can now do that in one year with AI and with the technology. That's unheard of. So I think we're going to see a huge influx of just financial wealth and abundance- finally come into play to people like us, like people that didn't really come from money, people that don't have those connections, we now get, it's an equal playing field, I feel like. So I'm really excited to see what's to come.
0: Yeah. And I would add to that too. There's a lot of people out there who are scared, like, well, what's it going to do to my job? Is it going to, you know, is my job even going to exist anymore? And I think about, and this is what I posted on my stories and you replied to this and you're like, hey, let's hop on a podcast episode and talk about this. (laughs) But I was talking about, you know, if you're looking back at all these different things that have happened through, you know, generations of time, you know, electricity coming about, you know, people were probably scared about that. People were probably hesitant about that. The light bulb and like lights, automobile cars, like cell phones, like the original cell phone, like the block cell phones, but then also iPhones, you know, smartphones and computers, like uh, flat screen TVs, like, you know, instead of going from, you know, uh, DVR and like CDs, now we have like things that just stream onto our TV, you know, and there's so many different changes. And I think just looking at all these different changes, it's like you evolve or you're going to get left behind. <laughs> uh, Yeah. And I think exactly what you're saying, where it's like, we didn't invent AI, like, you know, someone else out there invented AI, we're just teaching you how to utilize it. So you don't get left behind. It's like, very similar to, you know, people who are like, Oh, iPhones, like, I'm not gonna, you know, get a smartphone of whatever sort. And it's like, you get left behind if you're not utilizing those things, you know? And so I think it's just another part of I don't even want to say like evolution, but like kind of like the evolution of uh, as like entrepreneurs and as business owners and just as a society in general. And of course, like you were saying, I think it's it's important to know that there are, you know, the bad things out there and to be aware of those things. But ultimately, it's like you saying, oh, I'm not going to jump on AI or I'm not going to talk about it or no one should talk about it. Like it's that's not going to make AI go away. (laughs) Um, It's really you educating yourself on AI and having a voice and like really taking the time, you know, if you are like, Hey, AI, there's a lot of these bad things. It's like, educate yourself and start talking about those bad things. There's not like, it's not going to be helpful for you to be in someone's comment section saying like, you use your own brain. You know, people say that all the time in my comment sections, anytime I'm talking about AI and I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. Use your own brain, but also like, this is such a great tool for us to be able to do things a lot faster And so that's kind of where I want to take this conversation is AI is such a powerful tool in so many different industries and so many different aspects of this world. But specifically, your expertise is, you know, scaling businesses and income and finances. And so let's start talking more about that in terms of like, how is AI going to affect how we spend money in our business and how can it affect things positively as maybe well as negatively?
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest positive, honestly, I don't see too many negatives just with this portion. And I'll tell you why. So when it comes to spending money, typically in business, the number one thing that you're going to spend money on is going to be people. Paying your people, that's going to be the number one thing that you spend money on. Rightfully so. I think that everyone, if you're working for someone, you should have a livable wage. Now, however, I just don't think that you will need so many different people on your team. And so many people get scared or kind of like upset when you say this, like you're trying to replace people with AI. Not at all. I'm replacing the mundane, boring tasks that no one wanted to do anyway. Like no one wanted to send out stupid emails. No one wanted to just type up dumb responses and follow-ups. No one wants to do the boring stuff anyway. If Even if you go on TikTok right now, people are hate their jobs. They hate what they do for a living. A lot of it is because they are tasking us with just boring things, mundane things, stuff that honestly could be automated. Now, instead of having someone just constantly send out the same emails and the same follow-ups, boop, AI, automation, you can have now email-powered AI tools that will send emails for you as if it's you, respond as if it's you, come up with creative captions using your brand voice, your brand tone. Now the social media manager can focus on the creative things. They can focus on market analysis Um, Even when you have people in your team from an operations standpoint, I mostly use a lot of AI for my operations to say, hey, here's how we do things in our business. How can we make it more effective? And I go to my CEO and I say, okay, this is what I want to do now. I want to make the funnel kind of like this. Now she's able to put her genius to work and not have to work focus on like the mundane, small details that really don't really serve her. Because their superpower is in the execution and the implementation. And so, yes, I think that it's gonna replace a lot because now I have a small, you can have a significantly smaller team that does way more complex and creative tasks, which is us as human beings, what we should be doing. No one wants to do the boring stuff anyway that doesn't serve us, that kind of just, I say like it makes your brain dull. <laughs> like it just it makes you just kind of get into the state that you don't wanna be in versus if I'm doing all the creative things in my business, because AI is not creative at all, no matter how much you prompt it. I mean, you are really the creative force behind it. And it doesn't have that complex and, you know, compassionate or empathetic thinking that you have. So now us as human beings can be human. We don't have to be robotic as we once had to be in a role. So I think this is so powerful because instead of having, let's say a team of 10 and, you know, two VAs and an office manager. It's like, okay, now I can have one, one CEO, one business manager and AI. Now, because I think AI will eventually, like that's going to be your employee. You're going to have a dedicated AI robot or employee on your team that can work 24 seven for you. So I think this is really powerful because when you think in terms of spending, uh, 20 to 70% goes to people. Now it's, now we can kind of decrease that a little bit to, I would say, even 10 to, let's say 50% now goes to people, but these people are doing things that they want to do. These are now full time roles within your business. Now small businesses are able to hire people in house and are able to supply more jobs versus letting corporations have the full reins of everyone's employment. Cause we know we've seen what's happening when we allow huge corporations of uh, a monopoly on employers. So I think this is a really powerful and important time. Um, also just in terms of software and how we spend money on software, instead of having six different software apps and Zapier to integrate all of these things. I think we'll probably get it down to two in the near future because you just won't need so much because it's like, okay, I have AI doing this. I have AI doing that. I don't need all of these different softwares to do the job. So I think that's really good too, because now we get to decrease that subscription payment that we have. So I think we're going to spend significantly less on things in our business because AI is able to do way more for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what would you say to someone who is very intrigued by this conversation of being able to spend less or be able to move those funds, like allocate them in different uh, areas of their business. Like, where do they even get started? Where would you recommend they get started? Like, you know, do you recommend maybe listing out, like, what are all of your expenses, and then kind of figuring out what tools, you know, AI could replace? Or like, where do you recommend getting started?
1: So, to first get started, I actually recommend going into the systems and operations. So. First, what you would look at is what is it that you do in your business? I'm going to give a hypothetical. I always like to be like a hypothetical social media manager. I feel like maybe I was one in my past life. I don't know. It just <laughs> because it's just something we can all kind of like, I guess, like put into our brain. So let's say hypothetically you are the social media manager and yeah. you have like three different packages that you offer. So what you're going to do is kind of just list out the deliverables and how you perform this service. Then you're going to tell Chat GPT, like, hey, here's what I offer to my clients. Here are all the deliverables please help me be able to come up with a system, an AI powered system and processes that will be able to transform how I do business to make it more efficient. Then they're going to give you an entire prompt to say, Hey, here's the softwares you should be using. Here's the website you should be using. Go from there. So literally tell ChatGPT your entire business model, how it all works, what you offer and say, I want to make, you know, AI the backbone of my business. How can I do that? What are what some things that AI can do for me you know that we have people doing right now? I think you should start there because what you'll realize is now you have a new stream of softwares or systems that you can use. They'll provide you step by step. Here's exactly how you can do it, how you can set it up. Yeah. And I think it'll really help you move the needle forward at least to get some action items under play because really the bread and butter of the business is how you perform the service or how you deliver the product. So you always want to start there because that's really the heart of the business.
0: I love that. And you you brought up ChatGPT. Are there any other tools, AI tools that you use or would recommend or both?
1: Honestly, it's so personalized. So both, but I always, it's so funny because someone asked me that on TikTok, they're like, um, what are some tools that can help me do this? I'm like, ask GPT. Like it's so, for me, so we use Jasper also for social media, which is just like an AI powered um, social media platform that helps yeah. you distribute all of your content all over I use mid journey now for all of our pictures. So we're actually rolling out with something, a new launch. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't really want to do a brand shoot just for this one thing. So now I've been making all of our brand photos with MidJourney. So now instead of going out and spending $1,000 to $2,000 on a brand shoot, now we can use MidJourney to kind of at least get the ground running on things. So I think the first thing is like, honestly, actually at GPT, like, hey, here's what I want to get done in my business. Give me some AI powered softwares and tools, the best ones only. And they're going to give you a full list. And that's how powerful that is. So you no longer have to have all the answers. Just ask them. And then also, if you join a lot of like AI groups on Facebook, Instagram, join the community and start talking to people that are using this. Like send me a DM, send people DMs of like, hey, I noticed you always talk about AI. Like what are some tools and resources that you use, you know, to be more productive or that you use to uh, schedule your day, whatever it is that you want to get done, start talking and joining the conversation. So we've been talking a lot or you've been sharing a lot
0: about kind of, I would say more around like cutting down expenses using AI. Now- what about if I'm wanting to like scale the amount of money that I make? How does AI play into that?
1: Yes, yeah, so this is something that we've actually been using in our business. So like I said, if you start, let's say you've already done the work, right? You've actually had you like, hey, here's all the services I provide. Um, here's the pricing that I provide. Here's my type of customer. Now tell me how do I go from zero to $10,000 a month? using social media, whatever marketing platforms you use, using podcasts and all the things. And we've literally done this and we've tweaked it and we've perfected it. I don't know if you actually heard, there was a story of a person who started a business from zero and they went to $100,000 using ChatGPT and different AI programs. AI was able to sign up for different, like, um, say, like, if you need to sign up for a Square account, for instance, AI was able to do all these different things, then AI, because you know how some platforms have, like, if you're a robot, like, click, you know, click, if you're a robot, AI obviously can't do that, because it's a robot. So they hired some guy to now go in and click, I'm not a robot all through, like, AI. So this is like, literally someone starting their business from the ground zero using, like, a bot. And it's kind of crazy because now as a business owner, you can focus on the scaling part of it. So if I wanted to go from, let's say, zero to $10,000 a month using AI, the first thing I would say is like, here's my pricing. Here's the type of customer. What do I need to do? How am I able to scale? How do I able to attract them? And AI has helped come up with like, okay, here's the marketing platforms that you need to be on. Here's how many podcasts that you need to do per month. Here's how many times that you need to be posting. And you say, okay, well, now that I know all that I need to do, how do I schedule my day? Like, this seems very overwhelming. I work Monday through Friday. I have two kids. I can only work three hours per day. How do I get this all done? And they'll create literally create a day-by-day plan that you need to be able to accomplish these goals. I'm like, there's now no more excuses. It's so wild. It's so crazy. There's no more excuses. And obviously you still need to put the work in. So people think, okay, use your own brain. It's like, no, I still have to do the work. It's now, it's becoming easier for me to do the work. Yeah. And so I, we've done this too in our business of like, okay, here's how we, should we go up on our prices? Here is what the, here's, uh, I have a list of businesses very similar to me. Um, I, I'm in this niche. I'm in this market. Where do I fall? What's my brand positioning? Can I go up? And we ask all those different questions and make them become our financial strategists essentially.
0: Yeah, I love that. And as I'm listening to, you know, all the different things you're asking ChatGPT, it sounds like you're you're very specific in your input to get a very mm-hmm. specific output. Can you talk a little bit more about like how to get really good responses from ChatGPT because I think there's a lot of people who are like create a social media post for me and it's like, oh, the like the prompt is so dumb, you know? <laughs> like like ChatGPT it gave me is so dumb. Like, I'm not going to use this platform anymore. So how can you make sure that you're getting a good output?
1: Yes, that happens so often where they're like, well, I tried ChatGPT. It's stupid. The copy is dumb. I just heard someone yeah. say this. Like, if you use copy for ChatGPT, it's so bad. Mind you, I just had my marketing mentor. She took a look at my website. She goes, oh my God, I love how you crafted the copy. I felt like in finance, typically the copy is super boring, bland, but I feel like you yeah. really added some flair, sophistication to it. I'm like, thanks. I use ChatGPT. It's because I prompted it really good. So think yeah. about this. When you prompt ChatGPT, you have to remember, this thing isn't as smart as we think it is. It's yeah. actually, it just has information, but it's pretty dumb. But it just has a load of information. So what you are doing is you're giving it information so it can better serve you. So how I like to start, as I say, Hi, I'm a business. I don't say hi, unless you want to. I mean, they they could be pretty friendly. But um, you could kind of start with, okay, this is my business. This is who I serve. Okay. I'm in this market. So meaning for my in my case, I'm in a financial management firm, but I specifically work with women in business that make this amount of money per year. My clients, they, and I give them my full client avatar. Like I have a document. So I give them my full client avatar, and I say, This is my brand voice. Knowing all that information, give me content ideas that speak to their problems. Or, yeah. you know what? Give me content ideas that help me relate to them. Or give me content ideas that are shareable and that would make them want to, you know, say, Oh my God, this is me. Like you have to be very specific with what you want out of it. You can't just say, Give me copy. Say, yeah. Okay. Give me copy that appeals to this type of customer, but make sure it sounds witty. Make sure it sounds sophisticated. Make sure it gives luxury vibes. Whatever the case may be, you have to really prompt it. So in terms of, let's say you want to scale the business, say, hey, I want to scale my business to $10,000 per month. They're going to give you the most basic answer. But you <laughs> yeah. say, I want to scale my business to $10,000 per month, but I also I provide this service and I also want to add a membership and I also invi- um, provide consulting. Help me be able to do that. And then once I give you an answer, okay, now get more deeper. I want my type of client to do this. I want this much in reoccurring revenue give them everything that you want. It's like a Christmas list. Be very specific and very detailed. That's the only way that this actually works. And yeah. again, people think that it's just like, oh, not you're not using your brain. It's like, actually, no, it's a lot to prompt this thing. Because like I said, it's pretty dumb. It just has information. But instead, now I'm taking all the information that it has, and I'm saying, no, now I want it to be more specific and tailored to my industry. And sometimes I would even say, I don't know if anyone's like seen this prompt and I'm like, okay, now you're going to pretend that you are a CMO with 20 years of experience working in this industry in the marketing industry you've worked i would tell her like you have worked for brands like jp morgan goldman sachs like people that are top industry players in my industry yeah and say now now you're going to help me create you know a social media marketing strategy to appeal to this client and oh my goodness when i tell you this woman is gold my chat gpt my ai i pretend she's a woman i don't know because <laughs> obviously i told her she's a cmo and I'm like i only work with women so obviously <laughs> You have to it's so and honestly, it's so much fun. And it's so crazy to see how detailed now that you get because essentially what she's going to do is she's going to start taking on a persona of a CMO, meaning all her responses are going to be very much CMO related. Yeah,
0: I love that so much. Because if you're just typing in a generic like input, you might as well be googling that because the Google is (laughs) going to give you the same answer where it's just like, here are five ways to scale to 10K. And you're like, uh, this is the dumb, you know, so dumb, right? I even saw a prompt. I see it was a part of a prompt where someone was saying, like, write this in the tone of voice as if you were like Oprah or something. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. You know, so you can get so specific as to like the exact tone of voice that you're looking for. But I, I love that you're like, this is who I am. This is who I serve. You know, this is the exact thing that I'm looking for. And what I will say a little tip for people too, where you're like, that's a lot that you have to put in to get anything out, copy and paste it. Like have a little yeah. document where it's like that you can just copy and paste when you start these new chats because it'll make your life so much easier. And then you just have to say uh, what it is that you actually want from chat after that, which is, I mean, that'll take you like, you know, two sentences after you've, you know, just copy
1: and pasted all the information over. 100%. And I like to keep the same chat open for like the specific department. So like I have a chat open for marketing. I have a chat open for different branding things and I have a chat open for finance. So essentially, um, for those that don't know, they keep a history, like they can kind of remember not every single detail, which I've learned, but they remember a lot of the details that you've already spoken about in that conversation. So if you keep that conversation open and always refer back to it, it's honestly much easier to prompt. Now, what I have noticed with ChatGPT GPT that I will give a warning about. So let's say for instance, 12 messages ago, you told her who your ideal client is and you guys are still going through the conversation, there might be a detail that she missed. So there are times I'm like, hey, just to give you a refresher, this is the ideal client. This is where she are. And these are the platforms that I'm on. Based on that and all the information that we discussed previously, help me create a new post for help me create a content calendar for the month of July now. So she already has history, you know, previous history of you guys going back and forth. So it's not like you're essentially giving her the same thing every single time. Yeah. So honestly, it makes it much, much easier.
0: I love, though, that you were talking about like almost like different chats for different almost like content pillars in mm-hmm. your business. where are like marketing, you know, finances, because what I, I heard a tip the other day, someone was saying, like, make sure that you open up different chats in chat gpt for like different topics and so that way you're not like going to the same chat over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because then it's going to get confused if you're like talking about marketing and then you're talking about social media uh i guess marketing could be on social media but like you know what i'm saying Uh, you know like email marketing and then you're talking about cooking and then it's like chat gpt is like what is going on here so opening up like different almost like tabs in google but it's like different tabs inside of chat gpt for different conversations that you're having
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just to really quick, because as you were saying, these different tabs, they reminded me. So I have a seven-year-old daughter and we're getting her super like diving deep into tech. Cause I'm like, I this is that. where the world is going. This yeah. is going to like, so you're going to be involved in this in some capacity. Um, and so I have her with, she has a chat GPT account now as well. And one cool little hack that we do is, um, I'll say, okay, ask her a question, but make sure you say, explain it to me. Like I'm seven. And it is, not only funny, but it's the cutest. So she, because she'll be like, "Hey, kiddo," and then she'll like give the answer. So yeah. also do that. Say if you're um, having her explain a very in depth concept, say, "Explain to me like I'm stupid," or "Explain to me." Like I've never even heard about the topic before. And she'll kind of, I hate to say it, dumb it down or simplify it. And it makes it sound so much better. So even my seven-year-old daughter is using this in day-to-day. We've done recipes using this thing. I mean, she's obviously gotten help with her homework. Not cheating because I'm teaching her like, this is how you make it a companion. Like you're going to have to use this in real world situations. So even doing things like that will really be able to help the prompt. Yeah, I love that so much.
0: All right. I want to ask what is, you know, we've talked about obviously a lot of different things, but like, what is your like number one tip when it comes to using AI to scale your business? And this might've been something that you already shared, but just to like make sure that any listeners are like very clear when it comes to AI for scaling, what would
1: be like your number one tip? My number one tip is, I guess it goes back to that operations piece. And here's why I keep touching base on this, because when you want to scale the hardest thing when scaling is not that you don't have a good idea or is not that people don't want the product, is that you don't know how to deliver it in a capacity where you want to hit your goals. So for instance, let's say you want to be able to make, um, give me a number that typically most people want to hit per month or I don't know, something like 10 easy. K. Let's say that you want to make 10K per month. Now, this is very doable. I've seen it hundreds of times, but the reason most businesses can't is because they don't know how to deliver the product or the service to the amount of people that need this 10K product. Okay, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So let's say, for instance, your average product is, I don't know, $1,000. So obviously, you just need to do 10 people. Well, you haven't mastered how to successfully market to 10 people. I want more than 10 people and convert now 10 people to close and be able to successfully deliver those products or service in a way that meets their expectations. Yeah. Most people haven't figured that out. This is all operations. Like this is all operational. This has nothing to do with now marketing. We are now outside of finance. And yeah. so you need to know how, okay, how do I, How am I even able to do that? This is where Chow GPT comes in because it's like, not only do I want to be able to make 10K with this $1,000 product, but I need to market to these people effectively with the time management that I have, with the days of the week that I'm able to work, and how, do, how am I now able to collect this money? How Now what do I'm able to do with it? So ChatGPT really helps seize that full picture because a lot of the times when people come to me from a finance perspective, finance is really just a symptom of how good your marketing is and how good your sales is. It's really the last puzzle piece. It starts with marketing, then it goes to sales, then it's operations, and then comes finance. And it's in that exact order. So really the Main piece and peace is finding how do I, how am I able to do this? This is where ChatGPT comes in because they have all the information, all the data of businesses just like yours that scale to that amount. And they're going to tell you step by step okay, first thing that you need to do on Mondays is you need to do this. On Tuesdays, you're, you know, you need to do this. Or this is how you're able to effectively deliver your social media marketing services. Or this is how you're able to deliver your financial services in a way that is seamless many people are not able to scale because they don't have the capacity to. It's not even that the idea is bad or that the marketing is trash. Yeah. It's you don't know how to effectively do it from an operation standpoint. So I think it's very important if you want to start and where to go is really start with that operations piece. This is like literally how the business runs, how it operates. So you always have to start there and then you're able to see really see those 10K months come through.
0: I love that so much. And I love that it's At least, obviously, it depends on the input, ultimately, Mm -hmm. of what you're going to get in terms of the output. But I love that the way that you're positioning this is very organized and very laid out. And I feel like a lot of people get overwhelmed when they think about scaling to 10K. But I mean, if you're asking chat GPT of like, okay, lay out my week Monday through Friday, all the different tasks that I should be doing. It's like, that's going to give you something that is so actionable that you can Mm -hmm. go in and be like, okay, I'm very clear exactly what I need to do. So if you're someone who's getting overwhelmed, you're like, there's 5 million moving pieces here. Um, I mean, even if you're like, okay, I already know all the things that I need to do. It's like, I maybe don't need to ask ChatGPT how to scale to 10K. It's like, I know what I need to do to get there. I don't have the capacity. It's like maybe having ChatGPT analyze like, okay, where can I, you know, cut out some things or where can I optimize or systemize or automate some other things to be able to give me the capacity to be able to get there? Or you can even just send out like, hey, here are all the tasks that I need to do. Lay these out in chat with ChatGPT. Monday through Friday of how to accomplish these tasks based off of, you know, what's most important in scaling my business. So it's like, the more that we talk about this, I'm like, there's like unlimited potential of all the different things that, that chat GPT or just AI in general can do. My last question that I want to ask in terms of AI is, you know, what is your big prediction of where you see AI fitting in, in terms of scaling, specifically in terms of scaling and finances? Um, I know that you talked about, you know, AI being part of your team and being able to reduce expenses that way. But is there any other like big perspective that you can say, obviously, like we can't totally predict, like we couldn't even predict that like this would happen in the way that it did and in, in the time manner that it did. But like, what do you see
1: the vision being in terms of utilizing AI as entrepreneurs? A hundred percent. So I'm going to end off on this because this is a good one. I think that every single company going forward is going to be essentially a data holder company. So no matter what you do, you're going to hold a sufficient amount of data. And here's why. So if you would have asked, like, let's say five or ten years ago, that every single co- is every single company going to be a media and some compa- a media company, and you'd be yeah. like, "No, that's crazy! I, I'm a hairstylist, or I'm a social media person, I'm a coach, I, I'm never going to be a media company." Yeah. Look at us today; we yep. are producing content like ABC News right now. Like yeah. we are legit media companies, and it's crazy to think about. And so, within the next ten years, maybe even sooner, I think we're all going to be data holding companies, and essentially, we're going to hold so much of our clients and potential clients' data in a very secure. Secure format. Now, every single business is probably going to have an IT or security department in some capacity, whether that's through a monthly subscription or whether that's through a department that you have. Because we're going to hold so much data. So instead of us having Instagram and Facebook holds our hold all of our analytics, our yeah. website is going to hold it. It's going to be so important to the point where when we have freebies, what did they do on that freebie? We're not going to be able to track that with AI with our email list. It's going to get like, where did they stop strolling? Where did they exit out at? We're going to house that data, not Flowdesk. Um, even down to our website. Of course, Google Council is always going to be there, but we're also going to have our own some type of AI platform. where We keep that all in house. Meaning yeah. We have all of our own data and it's going to have to be so secure because let's say I'm another, I, I want to be Maya, right? I want your business. I want your customers. I'm going to try to hack you. It's going to be that crucial and that serious. that yeah. You're now going to have to have your own IT security company that is in charge of protecting your data or your own IT department. That's how serious it's going to get. But I think we're all going to have So much data, and that, and if you look at it now, it's kind of where it's going. Look at all of us looking at metrics and analytics. Like, who would have thought? Like, we would even care about these things, or would even be able to interpret it? But it's so integral and about how we produce our content and how we even deliver freebies and the offers that we have next. That it's only going to get—I wouldn't say worse, but it's only going to get more intense because now we have the access to it. So think about now with all these different platforms of like how Instagram and Facebook delivered you know data to us of like, hey, here's the content that perform the best. It's going to be the same thing when, okay, here's the offers that perform the best. Here's how many people bought it this time. And we're going to really be looking at that before we launch anything, before we post anything. Uh, before we come out with any newsletters, yeah. we're going to be so heavily data driven just because we have access to it like never before. But I think it's going to be a point where we're all going to have our own because essentially, I feel like creating apps is much easier than it's ever been. Coding a website is easier than it's ever been. So now it's just going to be, I would say, a little bit more accessible for even smaller businesses to say, you know what, I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna keep collecting data from third parties, especially because they sell my data anyway. I'm gonna collect my own and I'm gonna keep it in a house, and me and my team are not going to use it to essentially create our own future and create our own destiny rather than letting Instagram and Facebook keep keep our data and sell it to the masses and of course Amazon as well so I think we're all going to be data holding companies in some capacity regardless of the industry that we're in I
0: love that so much that I don't know what I was even thinking that you would say in term when I asked that question but like that just like blew my mind and I could not even agree more I just love your perspective and I am just so grateful for everything that you shared on here for anyone who is wanting to connect with you on a, I I don't know, I I say like deeper (laughs) level, but like deep being like Instagram (laughs) for anyone who's wanting to connect with you outside of this podcast, where can they find you? And then also what things can, uh, I guess, what avenues can people connect with you in, in terms of like offers?
1: Okay. So TikTok is Shay and Finance, and I'm always on there, unfiltered, raw. And then Instagram, we're more about the aesthetics and the vibes on there. But it's still, if you are part of Instagram, close friends, just DM me close friends and I'll add you. That's where all the content raw, deep dives, that goes there first. And that's at Center Financial. Um, And we are actually launching a membership. So it's going to be an educational resource hub. So we're going to be diving deep onto all things finance, business. Um, We're also going to have a lot of guest speakers on there. It's going to be a low cost monthly membership. Um, And if you want something a little bit more hands on, I offer consulting, advisory, and of course, financial management.
0: I love that and I can attest that your Instagram account is the, you are the aesthetics queen. Um, that you. when I very first came across your Instagram account, I was like you've got to be kidding me. Like this is just like absolutely stunning, but on top of that though, the education and value that you provide on your Instagram account, top notch. So Thank it's not you. just the visual appeal, like I can I can attest to that cuz I 100% binge watched a bunch of your reels when i very first started following you and i will even attest to uh saving a bunch of your reels to this day <laughs> so Thank you, I, I love it um if you don't follow shay go follow her but thank you again for being here and having this conversation with me around ai i'm so glad that we were able to chat it's been uh a, i guess not that long time coming but i just wanted to have this conversation for so long so thank you for being here thank you i appreciate it so much If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love ya, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.